Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is Let's Talk About from Style Canada. And let me tell you, we're talking. Let's face it, we talk a lot. We talk about things we love, hot topics, and anything in between. But what about the things we don't talk about? What about the things we wanna know, but don't know how to ask? Don't worry, we've got you covered. Let's expand our horizons. Let's talk about it. Hi everyone and welcome. This week, let's talk all about relationship conflict and the silent treatment. Hi, Sarah. Thanks so much for joining us this week. Hi, Elise. I'm so excited for this week's topic. Yeah. So we're continuing our series on emotional intelligence. We have Sarah Joseph, emotional intelligence coach with us again. This week's episode is a little bit different of a format. Uh, We've started to ask our audience for some questions. And if anyone does have a question, they can email that to us at podcast at style.ca. And so this is going to be a little different in that we're taking an audience question, going to kind of dissect it. Um, Sarah's going to provide some solutions. We'll have a little conversation around it. Uh, Yeah. And so this topic happens to be on relationship conflict and there's a little bit of silent treatment mixed in there too. Um, Mm -hmm. So excited to get your take. So I'll start off by reading the question and then we can kind of dissect section by section of it. Sounds good? good. Yeah. Okay, great. So this is from Emma. Hi, Sarah and Elise. I've been loving your podcast recently, and it's really helped me notice the emotional patterns in my relationship. Oh, yeah. I'm so glad to hear that. Uh, That was me. That wasn't Emma saying that. (laughs) Back to Emma now. Just for context, I've been in a relationship with my partner for the last six years now, and we have our ups and downs like any couple. I notice every time we argue or get into a fight, he treats me differently after, and it's like I become a stranger to him. He stops talking to me and can ignore me for days or even weeks. He'll stop talking, taking me out or planning dates. He won't check in on me or love me the same. And this can go on for months until another blow up happens. I know he's probably hurting and needs his space, but when this happens, I feel all alone and I start to blame myself for the relationship going wrong. I need some advice. Please help. So Sarah, I feel like there's lots to digest. here. Wow. Um, Yeah, that is a lot to digest, but I wanted to thank Emma for sending in that message because that was so vulnerable. And that takes a lot to be able to, you know, create that safety within yourself to 
send out a message like that. And I absolutely love this question. And I love that the podcast is helping. Um, yeah. That's what we want. We want to make sure everyone's, you know, increasing their emotional intelligence and feeling better in their emotions. And that's really good that this podcast has been helping you. So thank you for that feedback, Emma. I really appreciate it. So great question. And it's really, really common in all of most relationships, at least, where we get into fights and they're not really well resolved. And then it can lead one party to, you know, ignoring you or, you know, not reciprocating the love that they used to. So there's a few things that kind of, you know, trickle in here. And the one thing that I noticed the most um, uh, is the silent treatment where he's ignoring you and he's not speaking to you for days or even weeks. I guess that was the thing that struck me was I totally understand. And I think there's so much value in taking a breather after an argument, waiting a day, waiting a couple days, maybe, but, and I'm sure you'll get into this, this like weeks and then months till the next blow up. Like that just the way that's written, it sounds like to me, like they're having a fight and then silent and then they're having another fight. And then like, I would hope it wouldn't be that. Mm -hmm. Um, But we don't have that. That's the thing with, we don't have the, detail, we don't have yeah. the total picture, but yeah. um, yeah, that just, that struck me, I guess, in reading this. Yeah, no, same here. And it's definitely why I want to talk about the silent treatment first and then trickle into okay. the sub or kind of those root um, causes there. Uh, so in terms of the silent treatment, I guess a lot of us don't know that it's actually a form of abuse, right? To not oh, okay. speak to someone for that you have spoken to for days, weeks, even months, right? So that's just something to kind of keep on your radar um, as you're going through relationships in general. So in terms of the silent treatment, I know this well from just personal experience, um, just being, you know, a child growing up with parents who kind of use the silent treatment in order to, you know, as a form of punishment, in order to, you know, say that you did something bad, or that you did something wrong. And that's kind of seems what's come what's happening in the relationship now as well. So they I know my parents wouldn't talk to me for like days, maybe maybe not months, but definitely days. And you could definitely see the treatment that was maybe different between me and my sibling, for example, right? If I, you know, maybe brought home a bad grade or maybe I did something that they didn't like, or I just conveyed some type of misbehavior, what would happen is they, my mom specifically would just, just stop talking to me. Right. And, um, or there'd be a blow up and then stop talking to me. And then after that, it would really increase my feelings of, all of this self-doubt and this self-blame and then a lot of rejection and those feelings of I'm not good enough. And then those feelings of abandonment really, really, you know, took form at those really young ages. And then even now, right into relationships now. So really learning how to heal that part of myself is something that has been a part of my healing journey for a long time. But I guess a lot of us don't realize that it also comes from childhood. It stems from those really core areas of life. So why do we even begin to use the silent treatment? You know, it's kind of one of those questions that come up. Why do we use it? And essentially how I like to break it down is we use it as a form of withdrawing our love for someone, right? Or in order to inflict some type of pain or punishment towards someone else. And it's usually the people that we love. Um, and if we're withdrawing our love, that leads me to our second issue, which is conditional love. And this seems to be a really big 
thing in a lot of relationships. And it most people say it stems from families and um, parent-child relationships, and that's kind of the origin of it. And how it stems into your relationship moving forward, it can appear in so many ways. And it sounds like it's appearing in this specific context as well. So conditional love, I guess you could say, is where your love comes with a lot of strings attached, right? And it's love on condition in on the condition that you behave a certain way, right? Mm -hmm. So if you do this, if you behave this way, then I'll love you right? I'll take you out. I'll, you know, take you on dates. I'll love you the same, right? It's kind of the, the wording that she used there. So maybe in that fight that happened prior, it was you did this wrong thing that I don't like, and now I'm going to withdraw my love for you in order to punish you, in order to inflict some type of pain, right? So that you feel the way I feel, for example, eye for an eye, right? And it creates such an unhealthy dynamic, especially mm -hmm. if there it seems to be a lack of communication as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel interesting. So I never thought of it as like, um, a it makes sense that it would be withdrawing your love. Never mm -hmm. thought of it as a form of abuse. Mm. I guess I almost thought of the silent treatment for a short amount of time in a bit of a positive because on my like if I'm giving the silent treatment I thought of it as a time to like collect my thoughts but I guess there's mm -hmm. a there's a time like I mean you tell me is there a time when it's no longer that other person in the conflict taking the space they do truly need like Emma mentioned in her email that like he's probably hurting as well. So is there like mm -hmm. a timeline? Like, is it 24 hours? Is it 48 hours? Where it then just kind of becomes like more than that person needing time to collect their thoughts. Yeah. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with needing time for yourself to collect your thoughts, right? Mm -hmm. There's absolutely nothing wrong with needing some time to process what just happened, right? Mm -hmm. So that you can then communicate your needs and value effectively, right? But what I disagree with is completely cutting off the person, abandoning them completely, and not letting them know that, hey, you're taking the next 24 hours to process your thinking so that you can communicate effectively, right? And we can get into that in the like the solutions and stuff. But I definitely think there is a line that is being crossed when we're going, you know, days upon days upon days, not getting back to the person, right? And then right. treating them completely differently so that right. they get the message, right? Versus saying, hey, I need to take a little bit of time to process what I feel. I still love you. I still care about you. This is not me, you know, rejecting you or breaking up with you right now. I just need some time to collect my thoughts because right now I'm not feeling very loving, right? Right now, I don't feel like I can be the best version of me in the relationship. And I need to take a few minutes to digest and collect my thinking so that I can, you know, be able to be there for us. Right. And be well, there. I, guess, I need to be there for myself first. So I don't that, think a lot of people are able to communicate that first. That's what I was just gonna say. That comment you made about communication, it's like really just how you just said that so perfectly, like communicating that that's what you in conflict maybe need. And mm -hmm. then the silent treatment doesn't feel the same to to the other person, right? Like it's it makes yeah. more it gives context to it, essentially. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So the and, other part of 
the silent treatment or this conditional love per se is that abuse of power, right? And that sense of abuse of power, it's it's kind of like dangling candy in front of a child and saying, well, if you don't do this thing, right? Or if you behave this way, you're not getting this candy and I have the power to take it away, right? So I have the power to take away this love that I have for you each and every time that you do something that I'm not okay with, right? Or each and every time that you hurt me, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z back to you. And that can really damage a relationship over time um, only because no one wants to be, you know, wants their love taken away from them, right? The core value that every human being is chasing is to be loved, is to feel love, right? And then to hold that over someone's head, that does not only you know affect the relationship but it affects the way that you see other people and how you view the world right so it's kind of a dangerous territory to play in right mm -hmm. so be mindful of when you know there you are in a relationship where you're receiving a lot of conditional love right so maybe after that fight if he's not speaking to you or he's not you know treating you with love or not taking you out anymore it seems like that love is conditional on the type of behavior that he is expecting from you right or maybe he is in his hurt feelings right and he needs some time to collect his thoughts but if after collecting your thoughts you're still treating someone disrespectfully right or not the way that you would if you said that you've loved them how they've been treated in the past that's also a red flag to look out for it's interesting that I mean I feel for Emma because I I think it'd be very hard in a relationship of conditional love, right? Like mm. when you think in any, any relationship, friendship, parent, parental, sibling, whatever, where you feel like it can always be taken away, right? Yeah. Like that feeling of like, oh, this love is fragile, fragile, mm -hmm. and it could be taken from me at every, any moment. That must be a really exhausting place to be in. Cause you're always watching your moves, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I don't know so if there's any, yeah, sorry, go ahead. What further comes out of that is if that love can be so easily taken away, what that instills in you is fear of love mm -hmm. being taken from you, mm -hmm. right? So now you're not only feeling abandoned and rejected, but you're feeling scared to even, you know, make a mistake, to accidentally say something that might hurt them. Now you're walking on eggshells, right? In order to maintain this level of behavior or expectation that they expect from you. And you almost become a people pleaser, right? You behave in a way which masks who you truly are right and you behave in this way in order to meet their needs and expectations which eventually leaves you feeling numb inside right it makes well, you I feel mean, so hollow I would imagine one time this happening two times this happening maybe there's like a bounce back but over mm -hmm. this Emma mentioned they were in this relationship for six years I'd imagine over probably doesn't even take six years to get there I would imagine over a year two years you start to feel like not only that, but feelings of like unworthiness and everything that you mentioned plus, right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's a lot. That's It's funny, be, it's not funny, but it's interesting because it's like an issue and you tell me if this is true of relationships. Something happening once or twice, you can kind of bounce back from, right? Mm -hmm. But like it's repeated, is it the repeated behavior and the breakdown of a relationship? My, my assumption is that happens 
chips away. It's like a chip away at something, right? So if this happened once or twice, Emma could bounce back potentially. But if this is happening like over years and years, that's where you just get worn down as a human, I'm guessing. Yeah, of course, right? And that takes a toll on you more and more, right? And I think the biggest reason why relationship issues kind of continue repeatedly, even Mm -hmm. after a blow up or after a fight, um, is more or less because one of the parties or both, I would say both of the parties have not learned the lesson, right? Mm -hmm. There was something that needed to be learned the last 50 times has happened or the last 20 times has happened, but it just wasn't learned. So the reoccurrence of this issue is going to keep popping up between the two of you and individually until the both of you, and I mean both of you, come together and figure out where you're getting it wrong right? And it's not to say that it's just one person, because this is a partnership, right? Mm -hmm. If there is a conflict in a relationship, it's coming from two people. It's not coming from one person alone, right? They're struggling with their own story, you're struggling with your own story, and the way that they, you know, attach together can be probably really triggering, right? So there's an underlining issue here that isn't being resolved and it results in this specific type of behavior which is the abandonment the rejection the you know not taking you out the not dating you not loving you the same not speaking to you and ignoring you there is something before that that has happened way before that that triggered the onset of all of this right it's not to say that any of this behavior is okay right but be mindful of where it's happening how it's happening and notice where the lessons have not been learned what am i missing here right just get curious with it why do we keep running into this roadblock right what is missing here and if you do not have the solutions seek the solutions outside of you right i know a lot of the times when i've struggled with just interpersonal relationship issues or just relationship issues with myself um If I never had the answers and I couldn't find it within myself to create a solution because I was too blocked by my own emotions and thoughts and stories, reaching out outside of myself really helps to bring in that third party perspective. And I'm not saying you got to go chat to your girlfriends and chat to this one and that one and then, you know, spread a whole bunch of stuff about this person that you clearly love. Right. But what you can do is look for ways that you can create meaningful solutions. How can somebody help me? That's reaching out to a therapist, that's reaching out to a coach, that's reaching out to a mentor, maybe, or someone or a friend of yours that maybe is in a relationship that can understand you. Right. So understanding that there are parts here in which you're missing that you might need to put the pieces together, together, right, in order to create the bigger picture. So is that really and there's something that you said that I want to go back to in a second but is that like the big takeaway for Emma is like find out what is creating this constant kind of behavior because I'm Mm -hmm. sure the conflict each time is on something potentially different right like the fight could be about something different each time um so is you mentioned that you know whether it's seeking therapy whether it's seeking a coach you also mentioned there maybe not going to like your group of friends, which I think is really interesting because, mm-hmm. and this is a little bit more on the like relationship conflict side, I guess, than silent treatment or conditional love. But to what extent do you think sharing your issues with your, in any relationship 
with your wider group of friends, et cetera. Like sometimes I think that that could actually snowball the problem because we Mm. have friends that are not like in the situation or, you know, have studied psychosocial work, have studied (laughs) emotional intelligence that really just love you. And if you're mad, you know, they're going to take team you and that other person's a terrible person. So like, what can you say a little bit about, you know, resolving relationship conflict and maybe leaving out some of the, the, the people you might have gone to in the past in that conversation? Like, what does, what does that look like? It's probably more to your point going to like, a non-biased third party is what it sounded like when you answered who to go to. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, And yeah, it's not to say that you can't reach out to your friends that are supportive, right? Also looking at making sure you're being aware of who specifically you're going to, right, Mm -hmm. is also another really key element there. What I would definitely recommend is allowing yourself to have the first point of contact, in most cases, your partner, right? When you are struggling and going through, you know, something either within yourself or in the relationship that your partner, you know, gets the respect of being the person that knows first, right? But let's say there is something that you want to go to your partner with, but you just don't know how to say it. You don't know how to bring it up to them because it always leads to a fight, right? Or it always leads to some you know, negative thinking. What I would advise you to do is use the self-coaching model that we have, you know, throughout our podcast, which is how do I diagnose my thoughts and my feelings and what is the circle, like what is the outcome and what is, how is, how is that affecting my life currently, right? Or what are the actions I'm taking that are affecting my life currently? If you can track back your own feelings and emotions to be able to understand the storyline you're coming from, you'll be able to communicate with your partner 10 times more effectively than if you had just went to your friend and ranted about how you felt, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of us do need to get out that, you know, that anger, resentment, or sadness that we're feeling. But once we're done that, what do you do next? right? Are you effectively talking to your friend about solutions that's not requiring you to just break up with them, right? Mm -hmm. Because a lot of the time, our, you know, some of the time our issues are fixable, right? But then there are times where you're dealing with way different issues, but your friends really can't help you with, right? That's true too. So being able to contact a professional would be great because they can give you the tools, the resources, and the skills to create the safety within yourself, to communicate your thoughts and feelings, or to leave the relationship if that's where this is going, right? Mm -hmm. But it gives you the opportunity, you have so many opportunities available to you. And I think a lot of us you know, and we can do another, you know, podcast on all of this, but asking for help is a place where a lot of us shy away from when it comes to our relationships. It's like, if I'm not getting this perfectly, and I don't know how to do this perfectly, what are other people going to think of me, right? What are other people going to think of my relationship? So some people don't even express anything, not only to their partners, but their friends, right? And people close to them because of how ashamed they are of what people will think of them. So be mindful of when that's coming up too, right? And notice where that might be hindering you in your growth and in your relationship as a whole. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. 
They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. So in terms of like summarizing for, for Emma, it's that first the conversation with yourself for next step she can take conversations for yourself. Where is my emotions at? We're going through the five steps there conversation with your partner mm-hmm. and then bringing it to like a third party, whether that's like a non-biased friend, whether that's a mm. psychologist, social worker, therapist, a coach, et cetera. Yeah. And I mean, maybe you don't necessarily need to ask your partner to do couples therapy right away, right? Mm -hmm. But maybe indulge in therapy on your own, right? Because a lot of the solutions, a lot of the solutions can come from within ourselves, right? If one person is able to understand what they're feeling, it can effectively help and inspire the other person to go through that healing process as well, right? So instead of going, well, we can't figure this out. So we need a couples therapy, right? We need to go into couples therapy, right? But understanding that that is an option. But if they're saying no, well, then there are still options for you, right? And the options are that you can seek help, that you can find a way to communicate your thoughts and feelings more effectively, and you can grow individually to notice how you can evolve, not only yourself, but the relationship. And if things, you know, don't end up where you where you want it to be, well, there are decisions that you can make, you know, within there as well that you can seek help for if say that it, if it does come to a breakup, right? Or if it does come to learning how to communicate better, whichever one it is, there are options and there are solutions. It's just learning how to seek them sometimes outside of yourselves when you don't have the answer. But usually the answer is always internally, we just need another source to help bring it out. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's like, if you, yeah, that's an interesting comment. It's like, it's usually there. It's just how it comes out, right? Whether yeah. it's, you can bring it out yourself. Someone else brings it out in you, whatever that looks like. Very interesting. Exactly. So the other part of kind of all of, all of the 
unconditional love aspect is to be mindful that when people are giving you conditional love or love with strings attached, they're not always aware of their behavior. A lot of people are not aware that they're doing that. Right. Right. Um, And just Emma, like, I'm not saying that, you know, this is true for you and your partner or for your partner at all, but humans in general are not born giving conditional love. Right. So then that has to mean that this behavior is learned very early on um, in their, you know, parent child relationships, right, or caregiver relationships or mentor relationships. And they've now perceived that conditional love is how you give love to others, right, with strings attached. So most of us were conditionally may have been conditionally loved by our parents, not unconditionally loved, but conditionally loved. And that's because our parents, you know, are our primary caregivers and our role models. And we kind of look up to them and we admire them and we mimic their behavior. Right. So even if their love or the way they're giving love is incorrect or it does not bring you closer, we assume as children that this is how you give love and this is how I'm going to give love to my partners moving forward. Right. So they may actually think that this is correct behavior. this is how you love and I've never seen it any other way and if I've never seen it any other way then every other way has to be a lie right of course that's not the case but the only way that you can begin to acknowledge that that old way of thinking about love is not serving you is by going in to do the work to reframe what healthy con- unconditional love looks like right and what that actually means um, so how conditional love can kind of show up in our parent child relationships, it can show up, you know, academically. So bringing grades home, for example, I will love you if or I will reward you if you get good grades, right? Or I'll clean if you clean your room, I will, you know, love you, right? If you eat all the food off of your plate, right? I'll love you. Or if you don't cry, mommy will be happy, right? So what we're doing is conditioning our children to believe that specific behaviors mean that I will love you. And because children are always wanting and chasing love and thrive off of love and that reward system. And remember, if we go back to that podcast in the very beginning, we talked about the brain working in reward or threat, right? We always want to go towards a reward. And if the reward is mom and dad will be happy with me if I behave this way, then we're more likely to do it and begin to understand how conditional love is playing out in our lives. And if I don't do this thing the way mom and dad expect it to me, expect it to be given, then that's a threat because I want to be loved. And if love is not given to me or withdrawn from me, I go into survival. I feel rejected. I feel a lot of self-doubt. I feel abandoned. I feel threatened, right? And I feel weak and vulnerable. So be mindful of that of the fact that although he may be reciprocating his love very conditionally, it may be that his childhood, not saying that this is true at all, right? Um, his childhood could have been a lot of conditional love and this is how he's learned to love. It doesn't mean that he can't learn another way, right? It just means that he needs to uncover that there's a part of him, right? That may be hurting and doesn't know how to give love unconditionally, right? Because he was told that giving love on condition is kind of a coping mechanism that I can take away my love if, you know, you do something that doesn't, you know, appeal to me. And again, that can get toxic very quickly. So noticing, you know, that pattern is really important as well. 
Well, and I'm sure just noticing it is the first step, right? Like everything. Mm, that awareness <laughs> piece is really important. Knowing your story, right? Knowing where you've come from, knowing your family history and being able to understand how it's playing out in your adult life right now, right? And whether or not you want it to still play out. So a lot of us don't realize that the patterns that we had as child, as, as children, sorry, um, do not have to be the storyline or the rules in which we live by in our adult life, right? We can make the active effort to change them and reframe them, right? Even if the rest of society is saying, no, this is how you do it, right? Or even if the rest of your your storyline in the past has said, no, this is how you do it, right? You can actively go in to make that change. And it is going to be a little confusing in the, in the beginning, right? It is going to be a lot of work and effort on your end to believe a new thought or believe a new way of thinking that you have never believed before. But mm -hmm. it's important that you recognize them and that you uh, go in to make the conscious effort to reframe them. Really interesting, Sarah. Thank you. So for Emma, can we give her some like concrete solutions, I guess, or some actions that she could take being in this position? For sure. So I brainstormed a few because... I, I love this question. And it was it really brought me home to things that I needed to learn, you know, even within my own relationship. So I'm going to give them to you and hopefully they help. And you can, you know, send us an email and let us know if this podcast helped and whether or not these solutions helped you. But the first one is obviously key communication, right? And learning how to effectively communicate. So like we talked about before, nothing's wrong with taking a little bit of space to, you know, collect your thoughts and to process what just happened. And instead of using the silent treatment to take that space, what you can do, you know, is communicate that you are taking some space or that you do need some space so that all parties are involved and are aware of what's happening moving forward, right? So it can sound something like, hey, there, you know, that was a lot for me. I just need some time to process and collect my thoughts and my thinking. Is it okay if I take a day or two? I still love you. I still care about you. I just need some time, you know, to be here for myself and so that I can communicate my thoughts and how I really feel um, later on, right? Is that okay with you? And then noticing if they're okay with it and ask, answering any questions that they have, right? So how long, you know, do you need? Um, and the, I would say, don't let it go past two days, right? Okay. Because what ends up happening is a lot of your memory starts to fade. A lot of your emotions start to fade. A lot of things start to change in terms of how you view the uh, the conflict well, in general. I would say, could you rush in those two days? You might be even rationalizing things that mm. shouldn't maybe be rationalized. Is that fair to say? Yeah, exactly. And yeah. what it also does is it, it kind of, if you go past two days, I find personally in my, just in myself, that past two days, what ends up happening is you don't want to talk about it anymore. You just want to go mm. back to the way things were. You don't want conflict anymore. You go into this avoidance of it all okay. and then it builds up again and then it blows up again, right? So the cycle just keeps repeating. So if you can take at least two days and if you need more time, communicate that to your partner, right? Hey, I've been, I have been taking the time to think about this, but I'm still not ready yet to communicate. Is that okay? Is it okay if I take another day, right? And it's not that you're asking for permission. What you're doing is you're asking you're letting them know that you need more time to be there for yourself so that you can be there for the relationship right so remembering to communicate is really healthy so that our partners don't feel abandoned right there and that they don't you know make it out to be that um, they're not in the loop that they are aware 
The other part is learning how to give unconditional love. So learning how to give love without strings attached. And this is where you're learning to love how learning how to love openly and freely. And you're giving love that's genuine because you want because you want to, and it has nothing to do with what the other person is giving you in return, right? So you don't base your love off of what someone else is giving you in return. You simply love because you want to and because you can, right? And that fills you up and that brings you joy to be able to give love genuinely to someone else, right? Or because it simply makes them happy or it puts a smile on their face. And that's really what should be your driving intention and when you are loving someone, right? And when you are loving someone from that space of genuinity, you're going to find that they're going to love you back unconditionally right back, right? So the energy that you're putting out into the relationship is the energy you are always going to receive, right? Um, another thing is, you know, learning how to love your partner in their worst of times, Um so you love them even when they make mistakes and even when those mistakes might hurt you from time to time, right? But that doesn't mean that you need to give them permission to continuously disrespect you, right? Um, but you can understand that they're human beings who make mistakes. And if you're in a relationship, your mistakes are going to affect each other, right? The decisions you make are going to affect each other. And it's important that you can come together to establish how you can you know, effectively communicate them and be there for one another as you're making those mistakes. So make space for mistakes in a relationship. I think there's this concept or this idea that, you know, a relationship is going to go perfectly, right? And if it doesn't go perfectly, then, oh my God, what did we do wrong? Well, when instead of going, when a mistake comes up or where um, a conflict comes up and we're going, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening. If you make space for it and anticipate that there are going to be times where it's going to be challenging and there's going to be conflict, you're not going to be so weirded out by it. You're not going to be so in shock by it because you're going to go, you know what? It makes sense. We're in a relationship. We're not the same people. We were never meant to be the same people and no two people, no two different people are not going to argue. They are going to argue. They are going to get into conflict and we are going to make mistakes that hurt each other a little bit. But how do we begin to build that trust with each other. And there was this quote that I that I heard and I, I, I wrote it down so I could, you know, just say it. So a lot of the times we go into relationships thinking that we need to trust that the other person won't hurt us. You don't trust that they aren't going to hurt you. You trust that if and when it happens, you'll be able to handle it if they do, right? Mm, so you make, that. right? So you make the decision going into a relationship that trust doesn't mean that they aren't going to hurt you, right? Mm -hmm. Trust means that if they do, you're going to be able to handle it. You're going to have a grasp on what you can do and what you can't do, right? So trust is a really, really big one here. And trust doesn't mean that you have to behave the way that that someone has to behave the way that you expect them to behave so that you can love them right? So trust just means whatever they do or whoever they are is all right with you. So trust should empower you. It shouldn't limit the relationship, right? So be mindful of where you are giving trust and saying that it's, that, and, and it's actually limiting someone else, right? The other part and the last uh, solution that I have for Emma is to work on this together, right? So a lot of, I can't emphasize enough how many of us try to work on our relationship individually, 
right? And as much as individual work is important, it's also important that you work on things together, right? And build that intimacy together to communicate that there is conflict right now. And here's how we're going to communicate it. Be able to empathize with the other person and their feelings, right? Taking that space to collect your thoughts is one thing, but then being able to come together and communicate how you both feel and how it's affecting the relationship and creating meaningful solutions from that playing field now is how you're going to be able to create more intimacy in the relationship. And you won't be walking on eggshells, right? Because you both are being emotionally vulnerable and you both are acknowledging that you can make space for mistakes. So those are kind of my tips and I hope they help and you can let us know if they do help. No, that's great. I love that. I love the quote that you gave. Yeah. I feel like we need to like shout that one from the rooftops. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Sarah. And thank you to Emma for writing in. If anyone again is interested in submitting a question for Sarah and I to answer on a future episode, you can send that along to podcast at style.ca. Um, and Sarah, can you just let everyone know again where they can find you? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at Sarah Joseph underscore coach. You can find me on TikTok and Twitter. And then you can also find me at my website at Sarah Joseph certified coaching.com. And you can also send me a email there um, if you have any questions. Yeah, awesome. Great. Well, thanks so much, Sarah, for today. And uh, yeah, I think we've solved we've solved relationship conflict. For the most part. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot more to dig into, but mm-hmm. for today anyway, that's a good stopping point. <laughs> Thanks, sure. Sarah. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into this conversation. If you were intrigued by anything in our conversation, we encourage you to talk about it. Tell a friend, post on social media, take action in your very own way. Subscribe to get the newest episode at your fingertips as soon as it drops. Until next time, check out Style Canada a disruptor in the media for its community of inquisitive style seekers. You can find us at style.ca or on social media. Just like this podcast, Style Canada is not just about style. It's about living a lifestyle that leaves people open to evolution and opportunity. This episode was hosted by Elise Gasparino. The music credit goes to Raspberry Music and was brought to you by Style Canada.